Baruch Hashem, it is day number 227 of our daily study of Ramam Sefer Mitzvahs. In the three chapters a day of Mishnah Torah, we are continuing in Hilchas Tumas Eichlin Mashkin, the laws of impurity of food and drink, chapters 10, 11, and 12. And as mentioned earlier, there's one mitzvah that is covered in all of these halachas. So we're going to repeat again the same mitzvah. Here, here we go. Uh, positive commandment 98. This mitzvah is the mitzvah that comprises all of the laws of the impurity of food and drink. Okay, now since we're repeating the same mitzvah over and over again, this gives me an opportunity to do something I don't normally do, which is to share with you some mystical insights. The way things work in Torah is you have the, let's call it the most external layer, uh, the legalistic layer that describes what we call halacha, how you actually follow Torah law. Okay, but then behind that, a more inner dimension, are all the spiritual mechanics that are essentially the same concept manifested in the halacha, but on higher planes of existence. Okay, so every halacha has spiritual ideas that it represents. So let's let's use this mitzvah as an example. Okay, so according to the Rambam, one of the and this is based on, on the oral law. The Ramam draws his sources from, from the Mishnah and the Talmud. One of the conditions for food and drink to be susceptible to impurity, we spoke about the, that in previous days, the idea of being muksha lekabel toma, something becomes susceptible to receive impurity. One of the preconditions is the food has to be human food, fit for human consumption. What does that mean? Not pet food, right? Not animal fodder, Okay. So what's the significance of this? Well, we've mentioned actually in previous lessons, uh, while we've been mentioning the concept of ritual impurity, that there's a funny thing, and it's a little bit counterintuitive until you understand it, that actually impurity follows holiness. The forces of impurity are parasitic in nature because they don't have very much life force. Therefore, they're always looking for opportunities to grab hold of that which is holy and to sort of siphon off its life force. We've mentioned this concept uh, before in this, in our study of uh, Sefer Mitzvahs. So here's the deal. There are different kinds of pursuits in life what we will call human pursuits and animalistic pursuits. Human pursuits are when we do things that are self-transcendent, where we are bigger than ourselves. We, we surrender to that which is a greater calling. Animalistic pursuits are self-indulgent, where we're just basically concerned with our own pleasure, our own fulfillment. So in order to be susceptible to receive impurity, something has to be, quote-unquote, human food, a human pursuit. See, if we're involved in animalistic endeavors, the forces of impurity basically just leave us alone because we're kind of already doing their job for them. But it's as soon as we start to do something that's a little bit more lofty, something more spiritual, that's when this, the forces of impurity try to rush in and, and pull some of our energy, which is scary, but 
you have to understand that's a good sign. <laughs> when the forces of impurity are pursuing you, it means you're, you're, you're doing something worthwhile and they're trying to uh, pull your energy. So that's an insight that we can gain from a law that has to do with this mitzvah. I hope you were able to follow that a little bit. And in the coming days, what I would like to do is share with you some more mystical insights related to this mitzvah. We'll see you again for more tomorrow, God willing.